With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Brent, thank you. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports. It has all your favorite wagering options. You can go in-game, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. Bring that state-issued ID there in Nevada, and you're ready to go. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years or older. 1-800-522-4700 if you have a gambling problem. There he is, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Mia was tremendous. We will have Mia on plenty of times during the regular season. That's great. Jags information. And Michael, just before we get to Dave, quickly on that, you talk about beat reporters and Dave Spadaro, who is going to join us as well. These people that specifically cover a team, you say they can tend to be negative because they're just around these teams so much. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they don't have a a comparison to other teams, you know, being as good or as bad. They can be overly positive or overly negative. But I think that the, the, the benefit is, is you get such information like on Trevor Lawrence, bet the, you know, Trevor Lawrence might have a really good year in terms of the numbers that have been put out there. And that's the kind of information we here at Visa need to help you make those bets. Jacksonville on and over. What do we think about that? You know, their practices are better. They're more organized. Those are the kind of things that help us set the stage for parlaying that into, you know, information is king and that information helps us. Okay, so the Eagles, a 24-21 loss there last night to the Jets. Uh, Dave Spadaro hosts the Eagles Insider Podcast, and he joins us. First off, good morning, good afternoon. No, good morning. It still is morning out there. Dave, thank you. And as we start, has Mr. Sirianni chilled out? Because he was pretty fired up on the sideline, no? Uh, Yeah, he was really fired up, Patrick. And that's just the kind of coach that he is. He's extremely emotional you know, really invest a lot of energy into this football team. I think that's kind of his secret sauce. I mean, the Eagles have really bought into what Nick Sirianni is selling, and he was defending his player. Jalen Hurts took a vicious shot on the sideline there, well out of bounds, and that's just the way Nick reacts. But he has cooled down now and focused on what's next for the Eagles, and it's a really critical time with on-the-road practices, joint practices against Cleveland and against Miami, followed by the preseason games, respectively. So it's a big big couple of weeks for the Eagles. Yeah, Dave, you know, watching the game yes, last night and then this morning, uh, I felt like all the attention is always on Hurts. Can he throw the ball from the pocket? Is he going to make good decisions? We'll keep that on the side for a second. But I was impressed with – I know they played their first-team defense, but I was really impressed with how aggressive they looked defensively and how they were taking the line of scrimmage. And it didn't appear to be that early Eagle defense that we saw last year from Jonathan Gannon. What's your view on their defense so far this year? Yeah, so Mike, as you know, and good to see you, um, the Eagles invest in the line of scrimmage, and they've been doing it for a long, 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 long time. And by the way, Hugh Douglas goes into the Hall of Fame this year, and I know that way back when you were the guy who brought Hugh Douglas to Philadelphia. Um, You know, when you have a chance to draft a Jordan Davis, when you have a chance to sign a Hassan Reddick, when you get Brandon Graham back, from injury Uh, if i think back to the first two games last year the eagles dominated the atlanta falcons and they were dominating the san francisco 49ers until graham went down with his achilles tendon injury so the eagles 
are really good up front. And, you know, I think everybody's looking for a really aggressive scheme from Jonathan Gannon. I think he tried to do that a little bit last year, hampered a bit by a lack of personnel. The Eagles invested in those players they brought to the front seven. They bring in Kaiser White, who led the Chargers in tackles last year. They signed James Bradbury to start at the outside cornerback position opposite Darius Slay. Jaquaski Tart, who's not been on the field of late, but the Eagles do expect him back here, um, solidifies the safety position. I mean, they've overhauled this defense. And with that, having Jonathan Gannon in the second year of his scheme, he can get to more things in the X's and O's and some of the concepts and some of the coverage disguises that he wants, some of the blitz packages that he wants to unveil. He's also got a much better front four. They're deep, they're talented, and I think we saw a little bit of that last night um, with the first team on, I think, the fifth play of the line of scrimmage. White picks off a Zach Wilson pass and sets up the Eagles for their second touchdown. Really impressive start for the Eagles defense. They've looked fast, and you know they've been, they don't tackle necessarily in practice, but they've looked physical in their thud workouts. I just think this defense is going to take, up, take on a whole new personality and a whole new level of productivity this year. I think the Eagles defense has a chance to be really good if they can get through the rest of this summer unscathed from a health standpoint. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast. Dave Spadaro joining us, and we appreciate you, Dave, on this early morning. Now, qu- question for you. The optimism, me and Michael have had fun with this. They're nine and a half on the board, 10 on the board, the Philadelphia Eagles as far as season win total. I, the optimism is insane right now. Is this common for the Eagles fan base to be this optimistic <laughs> about a team before going into a season? I think I would use the word extreme rather than purely optimistic. I mean, when the Eagles fans are feeling good about the team, they are feeling great about the team. When the Eagles fans aren't feeling so good about the team, they go the extreme opposite way. So it's a really passionate, wonderful, fantastic, dedicated uh, fan base. Um, And they'll let you know how they feel. It just tends to kind of skew way one way or way the other way. There's not a whole lot in the middle, but certainly – Going to the playoffs last year, surprisingly, finishing seven and three, you know, taking it on the chin against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then coming back with the offseason the Eagles had. When you fortify and really overhaul the defense, when you bring in AJ Brown to the offense, their second round draft pick, Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, started last night at center. I mean, you know, you can just tell when somebody has it. And he's another young offensive lineman for Jeff Stoutland to work on. So they really do have a lot going on in Philadelphia, a lot of very positive things. And I think that's why the fan base has really jumped on board here and is, is in such an optimistic mood these days. And I, I, it's a lot easier to walk around the city of Philadelphia when the Eagles fans are in a good mood. Yeah, it's easy to go to David. It's easy to go to Wawa. I mean, that's all you hear about at Wawa <laughs> is how good the Eagles are, you know. And I, I got to say last night, you know, just watching them defensively was impressive. But when you go out to practice every day, forget the obvious, the A.J. Browns, you know, and the Jordan Davises. Who's the one player that's not often talked about that you feel like has really made a huge jump forward for this team and will impact them in the 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, look, I could say Hassan Reddick, but he's obviously a headline name. But I'll go with T.J. Edwards, the middle linebacker. Came into the league a few years ago, undrafted out of Wisconsin, worked his way into a starting role, is playing so much faster. You know, he didn't get drafted because of his 40 time. Uh, I, I think it's the young man who, who, if you just looked at him and took away, stripped away all the draft status and the, you know, the acclaim, you'd go, this guy's a really good football player. And the Eagles have kind of traditionally not invested a lot in their linebacker position. All of a sudden, they have a nice player in T.J. Edwards, who I think is better than I think is actually really good. They invest in Hassan Reddick as an edge rusher who can also drop back. They go out and get Kaiser White late in free agency. They feel like that's somebody who can really fit the scheme and play well. Third-round draft pick, N'Kobe Dean, another you know athletic playmaker. He had five tackles last week or last night, but I'm going to start with TJ Edwards there, Mike. I think that he's the under named player, the under the radar player. And I I think that during the course of this season, from a defensive standpoint, you know, he's going to be somebody who's going to make a name for himself. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities with a really good front four 
to run free, to get to the football, and to be in on a lot of plays. Okay, you know, Dave, when I watched them this... last year, Patrick, no, please, Michael, please. When I watched them, when I watched them last year, I thought their linebackers were one of the worst groups in the league defensively. But this year, just just a little bit that I saw, to me, they've taken that giant step. And like David said, this white kid, a lot of tackles for the Chargers. He can play against any personnel group, which is critical. Forget downs. Downs are meaningless in the National Football League. It's what personnel group is on the field and can the linebackers stay out there. I think they've really improved their defensive team speed by these linebackers. And it was good to hear David. I think Edwards plays yeah. good too. I, I agree with you, Dave. Yep. Yeah, you talked yeah, about those linebackers a lot. Yeah, you're right, guys. The linebacker, Michael, the linebackers uh, have not been um, playmakers. They really upgraded in the offseason. You see what a big difference it makes. And the team speed on defense, extremely noticeable. Okay, I, I, it's, this is a safe space, Dave. It's just you, me, and Michael talking, so I need an honest answer here. You got two minutes. Okay. Is Jalen Hurts the future under center for the Eagles? Yeah, so, I mean, look, I've been in the league for a long, long time, and I don't, um, I don't think it's fair to say that yet. I think that it is fair to say that he has gotten better. I think one thing that's really important to note, this is the first year since Jalen Hurts was in high school, that he's had the same offensive coordinator slash play caller in back-to-back seasons. So think about that. He's always been in kind of a, you know, the remedial learning of an offense. Now he's in the second level of an offense. He actually looks so much better getting the football out. His decision-making is more decisive. His accuracy is better. I think it's, he's trending in that direction, but I think the, the, Goal that he, and he made a comment the other day on the on the production meeting we had for the TV broadcast. He said, "My goal is to be more consistent, and if I can be consistent week to week, I can play at an elite level in this league." And certainly, he was a playmaker. But we're going to see: can you win a game from the pocket? The Eagles feel like they can beat defenses with the run game, with the pass game. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, great offensive line. All the pieces are there for. Jalen Hurts to have that franchise level quarterback kind of season. So we'll, we'll find out. We're, I think we're in kind of day-to-day mode here in Philadelphia, but he certainly has been impressive. Fly Eagles fly Dave Spadaro Love host it. of the Eagles insider podcast. Dave, I know you went through a lot to get the picture on today. So thank you for it. We appreciate you. Okay. <laughs> thank you My so much. David. Good to see you again. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good okay. seeing you. Good Thanks for having again. me. And now I know how to do it, guys. Take care. <laughs> we'll talk during the regular season with Dave. Oh, my gosh, Michael. They are Zach, all in Zach there in Wilson. It's- Zach Wilson, update. Bone bruise. Shouldn't be too bad. I just saw that on Twitter. Jeff Howe, the athletic reporting. Okay, we'll elucidate when we come back on Wilson. Also, I want to get Michael's take on Jordan Love and Trey Lance last night. It's Lombardi line. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I've told you, again, you have to be a VEASAN all-access subscriber to the College Football Guide and the Pro Football Betting Guide. Here's the deal. It's $175. Bucks. It's uh, discounted right now. But think about what you're getting. You're going to make money from the guide. I can assure you of that. There's plenty of picks. But you're going to receive College and Pro Football Betting Guide. You're going to get all access to VEASAN.com. You're going to get, of course, Michael Lombardi's articles. You're going to get Point Spread Weekly. This is through the Super Bowl for $175. Bucks. You cannot beat that. This is the information when I was coming up in the betting world that I wish I had. It's, or if you just want to go 40 bucks a month and see everything VSIN has to offer to up your betting game, go check it out. VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Okay, a couple things. One, you got a wry smile on your face when Dave mentioned Hugh Douglas. I'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it because I want to ask you about him. But Michael, great job breaking the news. And look, you got Flacco and White behind him. Jets fans can exhale a little bit here because their second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson, suffered a bone bruise, Michael, last night per sources. The ligaments are in good shape. More tests incoming on a potential meniscus injury to determine a timeline. But so far, the early return on Wilson, good. Yeah, I would say we're probably not going to see him in the rest of the preseason, whether he plays no. the opener or not. I'm not sure. You know, it depends on how long these bone bruises and if they have to do some kind of evasive, you know, go in and clean up the meniscus and all that stuff. So, but like I said to start the show, typically when the doctors come on the field and they examine that knee and they move it around, they can tell whether the ACL is intact or if it's loose or if there's a problem. So I think ultimately the Jets have gotten past that. Now they can focus. Flacco, White will get a lot of the preseason reps. They move forward and go on with this and see what happens. Okay, so again, Wilson, Jets, looks like it's going to be okay early on. Of course, Twitter blew up. You know Twitter, Michael. Yeah. It's a platform that is always 100% right. And yesterday, uh, Twitter, diagnosed Wilson, <laughs> Twitter diagnosed Wilson with an ACL, and uh, it appears to be a bone bruise. More information to come. I want to get to the rookies. I want to get to, well, essentially a rookie in Trey Lance and Jordan Love in just a second. But Hugh Douglas, can I just get a thought on him? Uh, ring of honor there with Philly. You brought him to Philly. I noticed a little wry smile come across your face. Why is that when you think of Hugh Douglas? Well, I mean, look, I thought, you know, Hugh was playing for the Jets and Parcells wanted to play a 34 scheme back in the day uh, when he first got to the Jets and, and, Hugh isn't wasn't a 34 outside linebacker. He was drafted by the the co-tight regime to be a down a, an OEN, what we call an open side end, which doesn't even exist anymore. So you know we were able to work out a trade. Parcells and I worked out a trade to to make that happen. And Hugh came in, and then to go along with the draft we had, of course, naturally I got fired immediately after the draft. So that was one of the great you know we drafted Trey Thomas, Jeremiah Trotter, pretty much the cornerstone of the great team draft. that went forward. Yeah, it was really a good draft, but we got fired for it. So not that I'm bitter, but, uh, you know, but it's good to see Hugh get the recognition. He played really well, you know, and he was able to kind of endure uh, the, the season as it went forward. You know, he started to got into Jim Johnson's defense, which really helped. Once the next year, Ray Rhodes got fired. They brought in Andy Reid, and then Jim Johnson came in, and that defense really highlighted the kid's talent. You know, one of the things I write about in the book, all the, in this new book that I'm writing, is about how the scheme matches the players, and that's so important. You know, not every player is universal for every scheme, and Douglas wasn't a fit for Parcells and what he wanted to do, but he was a fit for what Jim Johnson and what the open end scheme would fit, would play. So it worked out really well. 
How does one get fired after that draft? You know what you need? You need Joe Douglas's PR team or Dee Podesta's Yo, PR dog, team. I wish I could have had that. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got it. Look, you know, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no <laughs> doubt. It, it's so good to right. watch. I love it. I, I won't enjoy get, it. I won't, I, won't get you in, I won't get you in trouble. Uh, I'll, I'll move on. Um, but it was a great draft, just saying. Okay, so the, Jordan Love with the three picks. He also had two touchdown passes last night for Green Bay. This is... His third year, I actually thought he looked pretty good. I didn't think that if Lafleur came out and defended him, I'll get to the numbers as far as betting. But Lafleur came out and defended him and says those t- turnovers weren't his fault. What did you take from Jordan Love? Then we'll get to Trey Lance. You know, I, I didn't think it looked that bad. I mean, you know, he is he perfect? No. Did he make a you know a couple poor decisions? Of course. That's why we call it preseason. He needs the reps. I mean. I thought it was something to build on. I wasn't, again, when I walked in here, I posted a a video on Instagram about, you know, Jerry Rice's rookie season. I think he had nine drops. I mean, it wasn't very good. And and you have to kind of give some players some time. I thought Love made a couple nice throws. I thought he threw the ball with some rhythm and some timing once he kind of got used to the game. So it it was, to me, the statistics... Didn't really match the tape, so I, I think he's going to need as many reps as he can get, and good for him. I, I think you got to block out the, the instant evaluations that some of these people have on Twitter that are so good at, you know, they can do it in every sport, too. They can do watch a baseball player, watch football, bat, they got it all. So I, I would just give this a little bit more time to see, and I think it's the same thing with Trey Lance, transitioning to him, Patrick. Like, everybody's all, oh, Trey Lance looked great. I mean, I thought Trey Lance had a chance to make a third down throw over to the right sideline, and he wasn't accurate with the football. And every, all the other throws, they were Kyle Shanahan throws. Kyle Shanahan, give him a screen, you know, give him a check down, give him a nine route against the safety, throw, made a great throw. So that's progress. We're getting to see something. But there was no moment in that game where you felt like Trey Lance had to go from A to B and throw it. You know, he went from no. A to ran. So, like, let's just slow it down. Slow it down on love, slow it down on the hype for Lance. Like it wasn't, oh my gosh, he just looks so comfortable. Lance is going to struggle at times, and especially when the schemes become more complex. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit's due. You know, four or five, 92 yards, a touchdown. You carried the ball once for seven yards, but it was 11 snaps, Michael. 11 snaps. We can yeah. chill, right? It's well, okay. We don't have to put him in right, Canton it's 11 yet. Snap, it's 11 snaps against vanilla coverages. And if you don't, you know, and he threw the ball, he was he threw he made the throws he needed to make. The one he didn't on third down on the right, there where they had to settle for the field goal, you know, he's got to be accurate with that throw. And those are the kind of things you want to see. You want to see more rhythm out of his game. Like the, the run he took off with, it was one look and took off. He's going to keep going. You got to keep this going. But let's not just start voting for him for MVP, Patrick, right now. No, I think he actually is we just I just took a look at the numbers he's passed Aaron Rodgers as the favorite for MVP that being Trey Lance. <laughs> oh I kid I kid I kid the uh, the touchdown pass to Danny Green Danny Gray the rookie was nice and uh, no again I I, I thought it was positive but that would never happen but that throw would never happen in the regular season see this is what fans don't really understand is that throw would never happen in the regular season because they were at 11 personnel the the Packers were in base so when they motioned the receiver the receivers lined up inside. They motioned the tight end outside, and the Packers just didn't didn't make an adjustment to their defense. So they were in man-to-man, and the safety's covering a, a world-class track guy. How do you think that's going to work out? It ha- oh, exactly just, how it you're, worked you're out. Just being a, you're just being a hater, right? That's just that's called being a no, hater. No, I'm just trying to explain it. I know, like, I'm, there's I some know, things that happen in a game that, that, that like I said to start the show, it's, is it the coach making the throw? Is it the, is it the player making the throw? And in the preseason, so often, like every throw hurts made in the game, you know, he got out of the pocket. He was six for six, and he got out of the pocket. They were all pretty easy throws against cover three. Like, let's just slow down. And I thought Spadaro's answer was exactly my answer. He's gotten better. But until he can throw from the pocket and prove that he can, nobody's going to give him a full-time contract. Let's just be clear here. Spadaro's been involved. I mean, he understands it. I think what he's speaking is exactly what the Eagles front office is speaking. We're going to be patient with this thing because we're really not sure. Just like I'm not sure because that Tampa game proved he can't throw it from the pocket. 3,500 on the passing yards prop for Trey Lance. And remember, before you get over your skis in preseason evaluations, like Michael just explained perfectly with the touchdown bomb, that wouldn't be defended that way. The best encapsulation of the preseason 
is the Lions went 4-0 in the preseason and then 0-16 in the regular. This ain't real. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this no, I is, mean, it's just I was on a team dichotomy. that went 2-14, and 14 and we were 4-1 we and one in the preseason. Like, you know, like it, 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 it really doesn't matter. Again, it's about are we is there was there a game plan? Are we adjusting? I mean, clearly what Kyle did in the game and, and Kyle needed to do it. Kyle scripted his 12 plays with Trey Lance to have success. I think that's exactly what you want to do. What stood out to me because I was digging into the numbers while watching the game, this 49er defense could be great. They could be yeah, great. They're good. Yeah, there's a lot and, of depth they play there, too. Hard. And they, they have depth. They play hard. They're physical. I thought what Spadaro also said, going back to Philly, and this is really important when you're watching a preseason game. When your linebackers are fast, it makes your defense look fast. And so the Eagles last year, when they had their linebackers on the field, they were not a fast defense. But last night, watching them against the Jets, because of the changes they made with Edwards, and then they go with this white kid from the Chargers, they were much faster defensively. And when you watch the 49ers, they're fast on defense. They can run to the football really well. And that's something that I think is really important as you're handicapping these teams moving forward is like, okay, a concern I have about Philly was their defense, but watching them last night, you know, with that pressure they can get from the front with their speed at linebacker, they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year, especially when they go against better quarterbacks. Oh, wait, so you're saying when Matt Patricia brought in big, slow, lumbering linebackers to the Lions, that wasn't a good plan? I digress. No. I'm sorry, Nesson. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. And, yes, no. I will ask Michael about the play calling in New England. Just for you, Nesson, before we get the hell out of here. Next, Thomas Gable joins us. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM and the King of Sportsbooks unleashing the loyalty program, the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets through the tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, we've got you covered. Again, the loyalty program can hook you up with dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's awesome. It's like your credit card. Get over there. Got to be 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to bring in our buddy Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. But you were talking during the break. And let's bring this. First off, we say hi to Thomas Gable. We love you, TG. Hope you're doing well. And we bring you in with Michael reporting that Wilson looks like it's going to be two to four weeks, Michael. That week one number, Baltimore at the Jets, has jumped up to seven on most boards. So that's important, Michael. We'll start with you and then get to TG. Yeah, I mean, Adam Schefter says two to four weeks, but I think the interesting nugget in the report is is that he will have arthroscopic surgery. So what they're saying by doing that is they're going to go in and take a look. Now, could it be two weeks? Maybe. Could it be four weeks? I think it's probably I would lean more towards the four week, which is what the book is doing and the seven points, which puts Joe Flacco in play. It also puts a guy that doesn't move around very well in an offensive line against a team that's going to come after him. So, TG, I know you got a lot of jet money in the, in the building. What are your thoughts on that number and have you adjusted? Yeah, we actually adjusted it last night to seven. We moved to seven during the, uh, the Jets-Eagles game after the Wilson injury happened. So uh, we moved that a point and uh, just – under the belief that uh, Wilson certainly uh, it could be bad um, for him, and you know, obviously we didn't know at the time, but uh, adjusting two seven, which obviously, you know, one of the key numbers there in football. Um, so, I think we're comfortable right now at seven. Um, we, you know, and off the latest reports, so uh, we'll we'll stick with that for right now and, and see uh, see what action comes in on that. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it's interesting to see what's going on there with Eagles Nation after that uh, first couple of series that we saw. Uh, we saw Hurts and the defense. The defense looked great, but I, Michael, there may be a parade before the Super Bowl parade after last night. The uh, Phillies may be winning the World Series. That seems to be the, the latest uh, this morning. I haven't been following that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, I, big series I think... with the Mets this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, there's just euphoria, Patrick. There's just euphoria all over the I Philadelphia know. area. Even, and we have September weather here today. It's absolutely beautiful. So I mean, I think all the stars are aligned. 
Yeah, Phillies with the yeah, walk-off it, it was, at, uh, at, at the Mets yesterday as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's uh, it was funny because I was here until uh, maybe around halftime, I guess, of the Eagles game and uh, went home, driving home. Everybody's putting up the green and white lights and the flags, uh, getting them ready for uh, getting them ready. It, Patrick, hey, you, hey, laughed. you laughed. You've no, never I seen know, anything I like know. it in your life. You, I, I mean, dude, Spadaro's I right. I mean, it, it. There's no middle ground. I mean, it's either all in or they're, you know, the world's. Co- I mean, and and I'm. A, I'll, there are probably more flags on the way home today. There's no doubt. I mean, there'll be Philly flags. There's going to be Eagle flags. And the way the Eagles looked, I mean, forget the level of competition. That doesn't matter. You know, did you take any more action? Did you move the over number? on their win total at all, Thomas? Because I'm sure there's, you're going to get hit hard on this in the next two or three days. Yeah, I mean, we're still at 9.5. The uh, the over is juiced to uh, minus 130 right now for the Eagles, and um, we'll, we'll see. Um, but the, the Eagles fans have been optimistic all offseason. So, and, uh, you know, what they saw last night, I doubt we'll see Hurts anymore in the preseason. I, I would highly doubt it. Um, so we'll, we'll probably get a lot of Minshew and um, – uh, and others, but uh, um, listen, I, I think the defense did look good for for their uh, the first team defense, and we didn't see. Uh, remember, Kelsey's still in, uh, injured there. Uh, now the question is whether or not he will continue his uh, consecutive game played streak there in Week One. But uh, Cam Jurgens, the uh, the rookie center, I think he looked decent too last night. Yeah, I that, just that, I can't that, get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. It's so funny. This can only end terribly. By the way, <laughs> there's only one way to go. Well, from it all this optimism? Happen? Doesn't it always? <laughs> but the, well, Michael, you know what I was I was laughing when you guys were talking about when I chose to move back to Los Angeles. I think I picked the wrong state. I should go to what? What am I not doing in Philly? Right? This is the hot place to be yeah, right I, now. Is Philadelphia? It, it's so good. I mean, it's so good. It's 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 enjoyable. And and you know, this is the this is the best time. And the there'll be no bumps in the road. I mean, I'm shocked. Thomas, what's your line on that Detroit game? Did you go up? Did that go up at all? No, we're still at four. We're still at four for week one. Okay. Wow. I thought um, that would move a couple a things. Bit. Yeah. And that was, by the way, last night, the Phillies beat Scherzer. Scherzer was a two, what? two twenty favorite. So he was a $2 20 cents favorite there in the Phillies with a dramatic win. So everything's coming up. Philadelphia. Now, eight straight overs to start the preseason. Our buddy John Ewing over at BetMGM reports eight straight overs by an average of 10 points. A lot of points being scored here, TG. Yeah, and, and you've started to see the adjustments now um, where we open these games. So just take the, the games uh, that are on the slate for today. Uh, I think really with the exception of just one, uh, every game has moved up from the opener. So uh, Bears Chiefs, uh, we opened that 36. That's now up to 38 and a half. Um, the Panthers and Commanders, we opened 36 and a half. They're up a point to 37 and a half. The Bills Colts game has moved the most. Opener of 34, that's up to 38 and a half. That's moved four and a half points. Uh, so I think really the only game that has not moved uh, towards the over is uh, the Dolphins and Tampa where we opened 33, it's only uh, ticked down a half a point to 32 and a half. But uh, uh, some, some big line moves there on the totals, as you typically do see in the preseason. And you also see uh, some, some other line moves. Uh, the Chiefs and Bears game, uh, that, that has moved dramatically. The Bears uh, were laying three and a half to open this, and now the Chiefs are the favorite, uh, laying a point and a half. And, we know Fields, I just saw Fields will get probably 15 to 20 snaps. Mahomes will play uh, probably one or two series. And we know that from, from Andy Reid. He likes to get his guys in there and, as as he says, likes to get the juices flowing. And Mahomes has come out and said, you know, he'll, he wants to stay in until he gets hit. He likes to get hit once and get the feel of what that is like again. And uh, then he'll say to Reid, hey, it's good, you can take me out. You know, it's going to be interesting to see the Bears. I mean, I'm I'm anxious to see them because if my suspicions are right, and I hate to say this to the marquee audiences, uh, it, it's not going to be a good year. When you're starting to sign older offensive linemen like Schoenfeld and Riley to come in, you know your line's not very good. The kids, the, the guys they're counting on, the Bar- Barams and the Jenkins, you know, they're going to have to play better than they did because that's that was the future of their line. So 
It's going to be interesting to see what Fields has to work with today as they go against, uh, I think, an improved Kansas City defense uh, early in the season. It'll be interesting. I I think this is going to be Chicago and Atlanta in the preseason for me are going to be, are we right about their talent level or are we not? I thought Atlanta, we were right about it based on that game. It's going to be to see about Chicago. Yeah, the vibes are not uh, great with Chicago right now, Thomas. No, No, you're absolutely right. You're right, Patrick. That's the one thing I was going to jump in and say. Uh, that is one thing that has been uh, overwhelmingly apparent from the betters in the offseason. Uh, no one is buying the Chicago Bears this year uh, for for anything. And uh, one of the least teams, I think I actually have the least amount of tickets written on them uh, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're under for their season wins, which is at six. They're getting hit on the under. Uh, there's just not much confidence at all in the uh, Bears in the betting market. Michael, that offensive line and wide receiver, those, those wide receivers in that offensive line there with Chicago, that's an XFL roster. That's not good. Well, that's I, not it, it is. I mean, that's what Pace left them. I mean, you know, Ryan Poles, the new GM, comes in there. He's taken over, uh, you know, and so does, you know, whatever you think of the new head coach, Eberflus. It's not a talented roster. I mean, this team is not well built, and they had cap problems. So that you're paying for the sins of the past. And I think it's going to be hard to determine where are we with Justin Fields? You know, the instincts always going to be great. We shall see. Justin Fields has a lot of the same issues that Jalen Hurts has. Can he throw the ball with great anticipation? That remains to be seen. He's athletic. He's, he can throw it from here to anywhere, uh, and he can move and make plays. But can he play quarterback from the pocket when he has to read it out? That's going to be the interesting thing to determine. I think that's fair. Hey, TG, how's the handle? How's the interest been there betting the preseason so far at the Borgata? Uh, It's been good. I mean, people obviously love to bet football. So uh, it's uh, last night having a couple games going was uh, it was good. And today I'm sure we'll we'll be a strong handle with eight games uh, on the slate. Now, obviously, the the limits are a lot lower than they would be for a regular season game. But uh, uh, people will still get involved, even uh, for the lower limits. Okay. Fly, Love Thomas, it. fly. Fly, Thomas, fly. That is I Thomas Gable. I think the Gable. Eagle game will be in the replay today in the in the book as opposed to a live game. I'm sure Thomas has to replay that game again to the book as opposed to a live. You know, I'm sure that's what he's going to want to have to do. I thought that's Thomas what we said, open up with in the morning. Yeah, that's what they yeah, open with. I thought did. Thomas said the <laughs> Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl and the Eagles are going to win the World Series. <laughs> Thomas yeah, no <laughs> Thank you, TG. We'll talk to you soon, thanks, okay? Thanks, TG. All right, thanks, guys. All right, I promise. Offensive coordinator drama in New England. Also, Rams Chargers next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you can get $10 for free right now when you sign up for First Bet, VSIN's preferred horse racing app. Use the code HORSE200 for the $10. Plus, you're going to get a 100% match on the first deposit up to $200 with wagering at more than 300 tracks, AI assisted picks. The First Bet app is the easiest way to bet your favorite sport with secure payments, attentive customer service, and reliable website. Details, vcin.com slash horses. You can sign up now. It's vcin.com slash horses. Okay, a couple things I want to do. Michael Lombardi, before we get out of here, Michael got a big show on the Lombardi line here on vcin, the sports betting network tomorrow as well. Got eight more preseason games on tap. Chargers, Rams, yeah. I do want to ask you about that because they're, gonna, they're not going to play anybody, but before we do, mm-hmm. before we do, how about a little treat for Nesson? There was a very exciting exchange between Bill Belichick and a reporter earlier this week when talking about the O coordinator. Let's go ahead, Stephen. Just really quickly, just to follow up, if I could, you mentioned earlier um, with the offensive play caller, you're going through a process. What do you need to see to make a final decision? I just, we're going through a process. Simple as that. Okay. It's just a little bit of a, an unusual situation for us that have watched you guys before. And so what do you want me to do? I guess we're just looking for a little clarity as to Great. why we're well, seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. Going through a process. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I swear to you, I swear I'm obsessed with that man. That is, I don't know why, I know Nesson loves it too, but that is so good, Michael. He's just like, well, I that mean, reporter had know, a shaky all, voice too. <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, he's mentally tough, so he's not going to – the more you keep asking the same question, he's going to keep giving you the same answer. So, like, it doesn't do you any good to try that. Like, to, to me, the question is about – the pro- the question is the process. The answer is the process. So – and that doesn't just – who calls the game? Who looks at the sheet and calls the game? It's the setting of the offense. It's what is the offense going to be? It's how are we going to execute? And then how are we going to deliver that information to the players based on a week-to-week basis? And I think like anything that Coach Belichick does, he's got to see it before he rewards it. There's got to be a sense of, okay, he can handle it. He just doesn't assume it's just going to happen. So Matt Patricia calls some. Joe Judge calls some. Maybe Nick Kelly's called some and nobody's even watched it. I don't know. But my point here is this is going to be a process and they're going to uh, they're going to go through the next two weeks and look at where they are offensively, see what kind of team they are, what they need to fix and how they need to adapt and move forward. And I, I, I think that the easy answer would be for him to say, well, Matt Patricia's going to call it. And so then everybody, when the offense breaks down, they can just blame everything on Patricia. That, that's not how Belichick leads. That's not how he's going to lead. You know, if you got a problem with the offensive design, if you have a problem with the offensive structure and the execution, you're going to have to talk to him about it specifically. Like, why can't they run the outside zone? Why are the protections failing? Like, that, those are the questions. It isn't the play call. We're not playing Madden. So I'll read it another way. You're saying Bill Belichick can be strong-willed. Is it fair to say he could be a tad stubborn? If you continue to follow up with the same question, he will beat you and yeah. wear you down. You're not gonna you're not gonna win that. I mean, he's been doing this for too long. You know, like the only way you're going to get him to answer a question is ask a specific question, Coach. You know, like I, I noticed there was the, the 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 Giants blitz quite a bit. Was that something you weren't prepared for in the first preseason game? You know, there's a question. 
see what he answers on that. Like, you can't ask the question of who's calling the plays directly. You've got to ask around it, nibble around the edges to find out, you know, what, where he's talking about so you can get some insight, in, insight into his process that he's going through. But this isn't a black or white this guy's calling the plays and he's running the offense. Like that that that's what the media wants. That that's way out of way out of context. You know, it's way out of context. And I think ultimately what they wanted to do is see their young offensive linemen play in the game. They wanted to see these young receivers if they had vertical speed, which they did, that showed. And they wanted to get their running backs to see if they could pass protect. Okay. You know, now we move on to the Carolina Panthers, which is really where the meat and potatoes are going to be in terms of the evaluation of the coaches and the players. I want to talk about Carolina here in just a second, but I'm obsessed now. Just a quick follow-up. When you, you sat in on coaches' meetings or you were having conversations about football with the staff and Bill Belichick, is he the same way with you guys as he is with the reporters, or is it a little bit of, of, of a different tone? I mean, he's, he's very matter of fact, look, you know, and especially when you're watching something that he wants done. I mean, he's involved in every element of the team, personnel, players, coaches, scheme, you know, and when you watch the tape together and you, he runs the tape and he wants to know about players development. He wants to know about where are we going to make this player better? This player needs to do this. We're not, you know, are we teaching it the right way? There's so much that goes into what he has to work on every single day. It's, it's kind of staggering how he gets it all done uh, because he's got, he's in control of it all and he understands it. And as the years have gone on, he's gotten better at his job. Now, if anybody thinks that, you know, the offense is just going to fall apart because they don't have, they don't know the coach, like he's going to fix it. And again, if you're a Patriot fan, you know, this, he's going to do what's in the best interest of the team. So if that means he's going to make somebody who he, he going to call the game, I don't know, but they're going to fix the process to make sure the offense works to the least the best of the talent. They have talent offensively. And I thought the other night their backup offensive line showed some things. I mean, nobody said a word about Cole strange, not being a good player. You know, he played in that game. He was one of the few starting offensive linemen that played in that game and played really well, but nobody's no, we haven't heard any word out of anybody on that one. Nope. Conversation petite surrounding strange, no doubt. I'll get you the numbers, but quickly, uh, your son Matt in Carolina, they're going to travel to Washington today. Washington opened two and a half. They've been bet up the three pretty much everywhere, Michael. Um, first team reps. Carson Maybe Wentz going to play about 20 plays. Yeah. Is it, is it going to be Baker under center at first? Correct? Is that fair? Uh, the, the, the Panthers announced earlier today that Baker would start the game. I, I think the question here is, is how much does – the Panthers play their first team offensive line to allow both quarterbacks the the ability to play a little bit. Does Baker play 10 plays and then Sam play 10 plays with with 20 plays being the starters or do they play six or they both have a drive? I don't know what Matt Rule's going to do there, but I do know that they need to play. They're not they don't have enough depth in their offensive line to be able to let Baker play with the first team line and then put Sam behind the backup line. That's going to be a little harder to handle. That's why your backup offensive line is the most important part of your team when you have a quarterback when you have a quarterback uh, competition because you can't evaluate them if you don't. And you mentioned Wentz is going to play about 20 snaps. Is that what you said? Yeah, he's going to play about 20 snaps. I, I would say Washington will try to come out and look really good in this. I think Washington's going to try to get some positivity going with their team uh, to, to at least try to sell their offense to see if they can get going. It'll be interesting to see what they look like in the, in the offensive line, especially if Carolina plays their front. I don't know if they will or not. Carolina, again, Carolina's going up to New England after the game. They'll go back to Carolina. Then they'll fly into Foxborough. They're going to practice. So how serious Carolina takes this game with their starters, I don't know. I think that's why the line has moved towards Washington. Hey, let's be fair. Washington right now needs some positivity. Everything that's right. happening on, that's around right. the team with Snyder and Wentz has looked bad in practice. They need some positivity coming out of this. It might be a team right. to back. I, I, I think there's no doubt. I, I think ultimately that's where this has got to go. And if you're Ron Rivera, you know, you've got to try to see if you can build on that particularly and especially defensively. I mean, look, let's face it. They, they, as much as we talk about Wentz defensively, they were not very good for their talent level on defense last year. Good luck betting the Rams and Chargers late night. The Chargers <laughs> open three. They're laying three. I because would bet the over. I mean, dude, they're not going to play would, anybody. I think, 
Yeah, I know, but I mean, but both teams' backups might not be very good, and you may be able to move the. Anybody can maybe be able to move might the ball be loose. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might, it might just be let's go, and, and then you know Staley could entertain us and go for it on fourth down. You know, all the time. Tell, you know, we're not going to punt today. I think that's what he should do. He should not punt. Leave the punter at home. It make Will Hill happy. Who do you think gets into the Hall of Fame first, Mike Holmgren or Staley? Sorry, I had to. It was just I'm having well, that, fun. That, that's having a fun. tough question. I'm going to have to go back. You know, that, that's going to be up for debate. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be up for debate. Best coach in mm. football. Yeah, okay. okay. Tua, Miami, Tampa Bay. Looks like Tua oh, is yeah. You know, interesting. You didn't, you didn't pick up on that little nugget that Thomas Gable threw out there today that the line in that game is going down. Why? It is. When you have, it is. It's why? You have the greatest quarterback, the most accurate guy, more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how could that go down? Maybe because Brady's not playing and you've got Blaine Gabbard, who, who Bruce Arians thought could be the starter, and then Kyle Trask. Interesting to see those two guys play. But, you know, what's going to happen in Miami when it moves forward? I, it'd be interesting. Eight straight overs. Will the trend continue with eight more preseason games today? That's the question, Michael Lombardi. Enjoy the football, my friend, and enjoy that bougie ice you got over there. Yeah, we, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's an ice machine that makes Chick-fil-A ice, the greatest purchase I've ever had. Incredible. Is it on Amazon? Because I'm going to buy it today. I'll see you tomorrow, it Michael. Thank Amazon. you. Stephen Bond, thank you. <laughs> Kevin Trask, thank you. Femi and Wes are coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.